Ever wish you could have been an early investor in companies such as Meowwolf, Mr. B&B, and Zenefits? Ever think, if only I got in the ground floor of that investment? Or, I believe this company is going to go somewhere. I wish you could help it out, but I'm not a venture capitalist or a qualified investor. If so, then you're a great candidate for crowdsource investing or crowdfunding. What is that? Well, listen to episode 329 of the Queer Money podcast today to find out. Because today we're talking with Rita Zell, who does business development for WeFunder, and Brandon DeRoche, the founder and CEO of Propeller, one of WeFunder's many success stories. Plus, Propeller is helping the LGBTQ plus community by merging quality entertainment with social justice. To find out how, listen to today's show. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Queer Money Podcast. You know, sometimes things just seem to fall into place. and That is kind of the impetus behind this episode. One of you, and forgive me, I have forgotten your name, (laughs) messaged us on Instagram with a show topic suggestion, which we absolutely love. And folks, please keep those coming. But one of the things that you had requested of us was to talk about ways to invest that aren't your traditional way of investing. And you actually literally asked us to talk about platforms similar to WeFunder, which we'll talk about what WeFunder is here in a moment. But as the universe would have it, someone reached out to us to come on the podcast, and they have a very seamless connection with WeFunder. So it just kind of worked out perfectly that we are going to be able to talk about what WeFunder is, ways to get into investing without using the traditional path of investing, going through the markets, things like that. And we're also going to talk about doing social good with our investing and with other activities in our life. Because you'll remember just a few weeks ago, we had the conversation about capitalism versus the anti-capitalism. So we're excited to share with you an actual way that you can do this and doing more social good with your investing. So we wanted to get started by introducing you to our two guests today. We have Brandon and Reed, and Brandon is from Propeller, and Reed is from WeFunder. So it kind of, like I said, it all worked out perfectly. So we're super excited to have you with us, gentlemen. Why Thanks don't for we having get, us here. Yeah. Why don't we get started, Brandon? Do you mind sharing with us, first of all, who you are and what Propeller is? Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me. Propeller is, well, I'm Brandon DeRoche. I'm the founder and CEO of Propeller. Propeller is a company that's all about inspiring activism and helping build movements for change. And we we do that really by aligning ourselves with culture. So the platform is a digital marketing platform, and we work with all kinds of different musicians, music festivals, celebrities, other influencers, and we create these campaigns that incentivize the fans and followers of these people and companies to take action for different causes. So anything from you know, winning a trip to meet Justin Bieber in in Paris for supporting racial justice or 
winning a trip to be one of Lizzo's big girls for a day on tour for supporting Planned Parenthood, to winning a trip to Pride in Vegas for supporting the human rights campaign. There's all sorts of different things that we do as a way to get more people involved in these different movements and, and to support the organizations. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And Brandon, you and your organization connected us to WeFunder, and we'll get into that a little bit more as to how the two of you work together. So Reed, you are from WeFunder. Why don't you share with us a little bit more about you and WeFunder and what you do? Yeah. My name is Reed Ezell. I'm the Southeast Growth Lead for WeFunder, which really means that I work with companies all over the country, but I'm focused on kind of building the interest and awareness of WeFunder and regulation crowdfunding in the Southeastern United States. WeFunder is a platform where anyone can be an angel investor. We're a public benefit corporation. We believe that entrepreneurship is one of the most powerful forces for economic good in the country. And we believe that everyone should has the right to you know, try to fund their idea and that anyone should be able to invest in those ideas. From 1933 until 2016, you had to basically be a rich dude to invest in a startup and have a net worth of over a million dollars. The SEC changed that law in part because of WeFunder's CEO's advocacy. And now anyone can invest as little as $100 in startups and that are solving problems that they believe in or building products that they you know, think the world needs. And companies can raise up to $5 million from their customers, their fans, as well as venture capital and angel investors, you know, the traditional route of raising capital. We can get a bit into more about like what that means. But before we go any further, I'm required to say that WeFunder is a, a FINRA and SEC regulated platform. So we don't recommend investments. We don't endorse companies or advise anyone on investing. All the companies on WeFunder are there it's an open platform and we promote them based on objective criterion. And so we believe that everyone should do their own research before they invest. And you'll understand a little bit more about why I need to say that in a minute, because Brandon is currently raising money on WeFunder. And folks, you know that John and I have, we have said this before, that we do not ever recommend any individual company. It's up to each individual to do their own research. But one of the things that we've, we kind of touched on this several episodes ago when we interviewed Arlen Hamilton and we're talking about angel investing. And remember back then we we kind of ca- shared with you a couple of names of companies that in the queer community that we're familiar with, probably one of the biggest ones, Mr. B&B, that a lot of folks are familiar with, which is kind of a, an LGBTQ version of Airbnb. I'm fairly certain they used WeFunder as the way to raise money when they wanted to grow their platform as well. And so what's interesting here is this was made perfectly clear by Arlen that 90 to 95% of all money raised by venture capitalists goes to companies that are headed primarily by men and predominantly white men. And we know that means that women, people of color, LGBT folks, we get left out of this raising of capital. And so 
one of the things I love about what WeFunder is doing, and Propeller is going to kind of be an example of this, is that folks within our queer community who have done the work to start a business and are wanting to grow that business, this is an opportunity. And we're going to talk about how this works and a little bit more through this podcast because we wanted to introduce to those of you this idea of a path to growing a company to the point where you are not only taking care of yourself, but but potentially can go out, access capital, you can run the kind of company that all of us wish that we work for, right? That we we know it's one that has a desire to do good. And I think it was Reed, you mentioned this idea of a B Corp. Well, we found there's actually a public benefit corporation, which is a little bit different than a B Corp, but both companies that have a a social, a chartered social mission. Right, exactly. And that doesn't mean that they're nonprofits. It's kind of almost like these B Corps or, or public benefit corporations are kind of this hybrid between your traditional capitalistic run company, more often than not a S Corp, and then a nonprofit. So if folks, if you're familiar with either of these, the reason why they're called those is because of big tax reasons, right? Well, this is kind of the in-between where it allows for the transparency. So let's dive into a little bit more about exactly what it is that WeFunder does to help folks get to this place. So where did this whole idea come from? This idea that we need to open up the access to capital to folks who traditionally didn't have it? Well, I think in WeFunder's case, it started with our founder who was just a serial entrepreneur who was frustrated that he wasn't able to invest in his friends' companies, right? It's grown a lot from there. Nick Tomarello founded WeFunder back in 2012. He ended up writing his congressperson and being invited to the White House when the Jobs Act was signed into, into law because he advised on the writing of the regulations that subsequent, subsequently created regulation crowdfunding. The idea behind this being that it's opening up a way for everyday people to invest in early stage companies, but also another avenue for founders of companies to raise capital from people that might understand what they're trying to accomplish better than a traditional investor, right? And I think today, what that means, like you mentioned earlier, right, how much VC capital goes to male founders, particularly white male founders. I've, you know, last year was a record year for private market investment. However, two, I think it was 2.6% of that capital went to founders of color or female founders. Additionally, 80% traditionally of venture capital goes to California, New York, and Massachusetts, right? Right. So it's not just about identity, it's about geography. Mm. Are, there are all of these, all of these different ways you can break it down, but there's an obvious lack of equity in terms of how ideas get funded. And if you want to think about it from purely capitalist perspective, that means that there's a lot of people out there who probably have great ideas and ability to execute that are underinvested in because of the way they look, the way they identify, where they live. Right. So that's just, it's just a simple idea that WeFunder is trying to free up capital, allow people to invest in the things that they believe in because as a human race, we all have the ability to identify opportunities and we should all have the right to invest in them. But I think there's another kind of part of this. Regulation crowdfunding opens up a different logic for funding companies, right? Traditionally, a venture capitalist is looking for a 20x growth opportunity, right? They're looking for that company that can return their fund. 
you know, that's how that business model works. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. However, what WeFunder is also is doing is also opening up kind of a different logic, right? There are plenty of great deals that are raising regulation crowdfunding, but also the ability to write smaller checks lets people invest in a company that is working in the live events business, right? Because they love live events, right? And they want to see more social activism in that space, right? Or invest in a company that does something else that they really have an emotional connection to, right? And that relationship is a really powerful thing, right? That can be something in addition to the strategic advice and value that a venture capitalist can offer. Building that relationship with your customer and your audience is also a really important way that a company can build in a healthy way, right? In a way that's going to see them grow and grow in the future, even if their their deck doesn't say that they're going to, you know, be the next Uber. Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ plus community, through access to credit, tools to manage debt, and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. Two things that I love about kind of the way you're talking and, and the way we see WeFunder working is I think a lot of us are tired of hearing about folks like Bono or the Winklevoss twins or somebody like that, right? Investing in the next company that goes big and blows up because they're like, okay, it's nice that they can do this, but those aren't the people who actually need that stratospheric growth, right? The rest of us would like to participate in that. And oftentimes we don't get to participate in that. Even if you get in on an IPO, it's oftentimes highly unlikely that you're going to see this 20 times growth like you were talking about in a very short time period. So it's nice that it opens up access to new companies for folks who don't have a lot of money to invest. But on the other side, not everybody has the the financial capability as a small business to go out and seek millions of dollars or tens of millions of of dollars in capital. And sometimes all your company needs is a couple hundred thousand or five hundred thousand dollars to really take it to the next level. And you don't want to spend a hundred thousand dollars going through the legal process and the, all of the work that is needed to actually go out there and try to raise capital with a company, right? Yeah, I think you know the culture of entrepreneurship in Silicon Valley, right? Is this? I mean, we we've seen this pay off and we've seen it lead to fraud, right? Presenting a huge vision and making a big play to take over the world and disrupt an industry. Uber is a great example of that, right? However, and I think when you move away from the coasts, oftentimes people's approach to entrepreneurship is a little bit more risk averse, but it, it actually might be more likely to succeed, right? It, it's not every company doesn't need to disrupt the taxi industry around the world, right? There are ways to grow, present significant returns to your investors in ways that are a little bit more modest, or maybe the growth is going to happen a little bit more slowly. And I think introducing that and giving people a tool that allows them to enlist their community to invest in ideas that are going to affect their community. I think that's just a really powerful idea. I work with companies who are traditional tech companies raising venture capital, also engaging their customers and their community. But I also, I'm helping a, a wine bar in Nashville raise money, right? That's not a, that's an investment. People are going to invest because they want to see a wine bar in their neighborhood. 
Right. Right. And, and we need both. <laughs> yeah. So but, really what kind of you're showing us is that I guess when a lot of us think of venture capitalism, right, we're kind of immediately thinking or more often than not been trained to think of companies like Uber, Facebook, these big tech companies, right? All these tech companies. And Theranos, that's, we work. Yeah, right. <laughs> or Theranos, right? We're thinking about these kinds of companies, but you're kind of flipping on its head and saying, any company that has the potential for growth or actually has a track record of growth has the potential to be a company you would want to invest in, right? You're not always looking for lots of big time growth up front. And sometimes that's not what they, these companies can actually deliver. And I think that's why, Brandon, we're excited to talk about what your company is doing and the value that you're adding through so the social good that you're doing which kind of shows, the, again, the variety of companies that WeFunder is working with. I know, we're, folks, this is going to kind of sound a little bit like a one-sided conversation up front, but Reed, we're going to go back to you again for some more here. What does the process look like? What does this process look like for, and Brandon, we're going to ask you to maybe share some of your thoughts of what you have done in this process. So it's very easy. We make it as easy as possible. I like to say we make we try to make it as easy as it can be to raise money. Raising money is inherently difficult because WeFunder is an open platform. Anyone can go on, set up a profile and start raising money relatively quickly, right? We allow people to start taking expressions of interest in investing in an idea before they've actually filed with the SEC to officially fundraise. Now you have to file in order to and go through a legal process before you can actually claim those dollars. But you can go on and, and on WeFunder and in 15 minutes have a web page that has an integrated investment flow where people can go and pledge money to the company, the idea that you're trying to build. And we work with companies at, at all stages, right? From idea stage, right? All they've got is a deck and an idea, all the way to you know Series B companies who are raising $100 million from venture capital and opening up an allocation on WeFunder, right? To let their customers invest alongside in, in that opportunity alongside the, the traditional investors. But really it, it looks, you go to the website, it's relatively self-service at the like lowest investment goals on WeFunder, but you set up a page and you start sending it out to your friends, right? We recommend people start, to, you know, start with your first degree network, raise what you can, engage that first degree network to help you find people that they know that might invest. And then ultimately, you're going to end up promoting this even further into your into your network using social media. And this is one of the real big differences that regulation crowdfunding created from traditional fundraising. Traditionally, it is prohibited to solicit investment from the general public, right? You could only go speak to people who are accredited investors meaning they have a net worth of a million dollars or more, or they make a quarter million dollars a year. And they, you know, those only those people were eligible to be angel investors. Obviously, there's institutional capital beyond that. But regulation crowdfunding allows you to solicit investment within certain legal restrictions that are relatively easy to follow. And so you could go post about it on social media, right? If you've got 100,000 followers on social media, if you can get 500 of them to invest $100, you know, if you can get 500 of them to invest $1,000, you've got half a million dollars. And that power of engaging community is something that is a great tool. At the earliest stage, we see people raising $100,000 to just seed an idea to get it going. We see a lot of companies raising several hundred thousand dollars, a couple million dollars 
the legal limit is that you can raise $5 million a year through regulation crowdfunding. But the instance of a company like Brandon's, right, that is their business is building buzz around social causes and public facing events and celebrity. This is a model that like fits pretty seamlessly into what they know how to do. And I think there are a lot of different business models out there. Every fundraiser is different, but that is a really powerful lever that people previously wouldn't have been able to use if they were raising capital for for us for a startup. So Brandon, how has it been? <laughs> How's it been working with Refunder? We've got some real life example here, right? So it's honestly been great. I mean, it's we just made our Refunder campaign public. So we had it in sort of a, a private mode that we could send it out to people and have people discover it for a while, but it just became public very recently. And I mean, to Reed's point, like they make it as easy as possible. There is work involved. And depending on what state your company is in, your books are in, like there's work that goes into it. But WeFunder does a great job of making that a step-by-step process and getting you over the line so that you can go out and raise the money from your community or beyond. And so I, I don't know, this felt like the right path for us. I think that the ethos of being able to raise money through crowdfunding makes a lot of sense. Propeller overall is about strength in numbers and the, the community that surrounds it. And so for us, this, this was something we were always interested in. Fortunately, we funders here in, in Nashville, it just kind of all overlapped and, and made a lot of sense for us. Getting to read, meet Reed and the team, we're really excited about continuing to raise money on WeFunder and the potential of it. And again, just feels like the right move for us. Why does Propeller need to raise money? Give <clears throat> us an example of what you, you, you intend to use this investment from investors in doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think going back even before that, like Propeller, we never went and raised a round of capital. We had a little bit of money from friends and family to get it going back in 2015. And so we've been able to grow to over a million users. Our revenue this year is going to be around $2 million and making lots of impact as well. And we've done it all in a very bootstrapped way. And so for us, we've now grown to that point where we have this community, we have lots of great opportunities, and we've never had that sort of cash injection. And so our goal through WeFunder is, you know, overall stability and scaling the growth of the company. And just finally having that opportunity to make some investments into our team and into the technology that we have, just to take what we're doing to the next level. And so that's really a big piece of it. It's just, as I said, we, we're going to be making some key hires. We're going to be improving the platform a lot and just really investing into taking the company to the next stage from where it is today. So I think for us, going back to the community aspect, having this community now of both the users on the platform, as well as like the artists and influencers and people in the entertainment industry and beyond that we work with, it made sense for us to turn to them and have let them share in the potential return of the company and be the ones that can invest in, in, in it versus going to venture capitalists who might not align with our mission. And, you know, as you're talking about 20x returns and wanting to see that money in a more impatient way, this crowdfunding approach with WeFunder really was what felt right for us. I'm curious because we have a lot of people who listen to our podcast looking to create nonprofit organizations. That's where their passion lies. By virtue of your business, I'm curious, why didn't you choose to go a nonprofit route as opposed to a public route? What was the impetus or the motivation there? Yeah, it's a great question. It's honestly something we've kind of gone back and forth with over the years. Like, should we be a, a nonprofit? 
We are also a public benefit corporation, and that was something that we we were originally a C corp. We converted to a public benefit corporation a couple of years ago, and it just felt like again felt like the right move for us. So if we can operate with the same transparency that a nonprofit has, but not be restricted to like we're a market we're a digital marketing platform at our core, and we're marketing all these different nonprofits and. We want to be able to spend money on marketing and talent and things that nonprofits traditionally get a lot of scrutiny over when just taking on a different philosophy. We can serve a different role for social impact to be able to serve these organizations and amplify the marketing efforts around the campaigns that we're running, but not have to do it from the nonprofit perspective. And again, if we can operate with the same transparency, we do everything down to publishing our financials every year. So very similar to what a nonprofit does, but there is an opportunity for a return. And that's something we really think is exciting as far as, you know, being able to contribute to Propeller's WeFunder campaign is an investment where you can see a return in it. But at the same time, the worst thing that could happen is that you're going to create a bunch of social impact through the investment, but it's not a donation. You have that, you have that upside in it as well. Then at what stage in that decision-making process did you reach out to WeFunder to help with the launch? I think it's been a minute. So <laughs> I can't remember if it's 2020 or 2021, but we've been, it's been at least a year that we've the been. Black hole um, years. <laughs> yes. It's all, it's all blip for me right now. And but you were, you were around for a significant period of time then, right? Cause you started in 2015. If it's only been about a year that you've been working with WeFunder, you have several years there where you were you're, you're going it alone. Yes. Yeah. And we've looked at, at, at raising more traditional in more traditional means and, you know, the company, I really wanted to build a company from the beginning that had a true business model. And it wasn't just, let's go out and raise a million dollars on an idea, probably blow that million dollars, hopefully to figure out an idea and going out and raising more money. I wanted to see if we could, we could actually kind of do it a bit more of an old fashioned way where we are, have revenue associated with what we're doing. It's in that sense, it's been a bit brick by brick, but it's allowed, I think us for us to do it at our own pace, to do it with integrity in a way that we think it should be done. And there's a lot of, obviously, there's a lot of sensitivity with both the nonprofit side of what we do, as well as like the artist and influencer side of what we do and making sure everyone feels that we're we're operating with transparency and integrity behind these causes. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, I've always been interested in the crowdfunding and I think that it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like you were saying, it's really been in the past year or so that the the regulations have changed and made it a lot more accessible for more people to raise this way. It became legal initially in 2016, right? But in 2016, there was a lot less clarity around down the road implications of having raised from the crowd. There was less clarity around what investment vehicles you could use. And the limit was a million dollars, right? So now it's $5 million. There's much more clarity. WeFunders product since March of last year and a little bit before that, is a very different thing. What we're offering to people is a very different solution than it was originally. Now, that's just the nature of developing a product. But you know, when we first went out, you were asking people to add all of these investors to their cap t- to your cap table, right? There's a r- there are real reasons why companies don't want to do that, right? That becomes unmanageable if you want to raise funding down the road. Today, what WeFunder does is pretty indistinguishable from what a network of angel investors might do, right? They're going to create an investment LLC called a special purpose vehicle. All of those investments are rolled up into a single line in the cap table of the company. And the difference being that you can promote the fact that you're, you're raising capital this way. 
And anyone, not just angel investors, not just accredited investors can be a part of that SPV. But that evolution of this product is really a, an incredible change, right? And it's resulted in a lot more interest and a lot more advanced companies being interested in doing this, right? Any company that wants to raise venture capital isn't going to add a bunch of retail investors as individual lines to their cap table. That's just not going to fly if you want to raise follow-on funding. So the solution is just a lot better. There's some other changes that happened last year that just really made it a lot more intuitive and enabled us to offer a better product. From my perspective, the biggest thing holding back WeFunder at this point and just the industry as a whole, there are other platforms out there, none of them as good as WeFunder, obviously. But there are other people in the, in the space that do a great job of helping people do this. Their model's a bit different. WeFunder is the only public benefit corporation and the only open platform where anyone can bring their idea and try to raise money. It's really up to you. And I think that's a really important missional aspect of it. Biggest hurdle really is education. My goal in the Southeast, I think there's a particular value to this in the Southeast where capital investment in companies has traditionally moved a bit more slowly. It's a little bit more conservative in terms of like, like business strategy. And it, there are people out there that are trying to get their ideas funded. Their ideas are not, their ideas and their abilities are no different than people on the coast, right? It's just that there are less people to talk to about it. And so I really believe in the, the value that this can bring, not just to the Southeast, but to anywhere that doesn't have traditional venture capital or, you know, to anyone that doesn't have a capital dense network to turn to. And I think, you know, it, you know, when I talk to founders, I talk to founders all day long about doing about this, right? I'd say like, if you take 10 founders, one of them like knows exactly what I'm talking about and is gung-ho about it. Five of them have no idea what regulation crowdfunding is. And four of them have some negative connotation about it that is rooted in five years ago. And so like, it, it's a matter of educating founders, but also educating investors, right? That there are a million and a half investors on WeFunder right now. But most deals are companies are bringing those investors to the platform. You know, the future state of this is one where people know that this is an opportunity and like, you know, people earmark a few thousand bucks a year to invest in companies in their community that they want to see succeed. Right. And that, like that, the vision of that, if every person in Nashville was investing $2,000 in startups in Nashville, it would be a really wild world that we lived in. And I, I you know, I, honestly, I think that's part of the reason why John and I are curious and excited about this is because we have seen so many folks in the LGBT community go out and try to start businesses and then stumble because or close their businesses because of not having access to capital, whether it's access to capital during downtimes like what happened in 2020 and 2021, or not being able to grow the way they need to grow because they don't have access to get the, the team of people or whatever the case is. You know, So we're excited to see more LGBT folks use this as a model to grow their businesses because I think we all here agree, and, and Reed, I think you said it early on, there is a certain power that we have when we have access to money that allows us to use it exactly the way we want. And more folks in the LGBT community definitely want to see that. We want to see our community grow and, and become strong financially. It's actually the foundation of the podcast is we believe that we need to be strong, a financially strong queer community, because then we can use the funds to fund our fight for good. But 
we have to have the funds first. And the funds oftentimes come from folks who have been able to start businesses, have been able to earn money on their own rather than having a nine to five. I also go back to one of the other things that's really kind of interesting, and you read, you kind of touched on this, in this idea that if you're in Silicon Valley or you're in one of these locations, you know, there's that expression, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And those people are constantly bumping elbows with people that are thinking and, and listening and interested in this kind of thing. But with this kind of social crowdfunding way of doing it, you're allowing those individuals who have a business and they want to grow their business to tap the people that they know. And the people that they know are their customers, their friends, the people who follow them on social media, who may have the exact same desire, like I said, to see these folks grow and to see their companies, whether it's organic dog food or social platform for concerts and and activities like that, or Airbnb for folks who want to feel like they're in a safe neighborhood, right? So it's really the kind of companies that we all want to see do well. I think that's a great point, right? Like any company that is putting their any identity at the forefront of how they build that company, right? In traditional venture capital, again, I don't want to sound like I'm against venture capital. That industry is an engine of innovation and economic growth in our economy. But there's a perception that putting your identity out front in that in that industry is a risk, right? You're just risking, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, right? If I go and talk about certain political orientation, it's likely that people are going to disagree, right? Anytime you're stating an opinion or a fact about yourself, you're going to find people that disagree, right? The industry encourages you to hide those things, right? But whether it's the queer community or for Black founders or female founders or people in the music that are working in the entertainment industry, there is an intuitive, a native audience for almost any solution out there, right? Almost any company out there And if you're able to communicate to that, to a group of people, if you can find that audience, regulation crowdfunding becomes a really powerful, a really powerful tool. We've kind of tried to rebrand, move away from calling it regulation crowdfunding to raise, to raising a community round, right? So just a much more evocative term, right? It's, it's engaging your community, your customers, the people that believe in you or the people that just want to see you succeed or, and and that is, I think just you know, something that we should all be able to do. And it's also like a very American thing, right? The fact that it was illegal for anyone who wasn't a wealthy, um, this is a little bit flippant, but like a wealthy white dude couldn't, they were the only people investing in startups for 70 years, 80 years, right? It's like a little bit un-American, right? The way that entrepreneurship happened initially in this country is like, you like, you went down to the street, you like showed up in a new town with your wagon and you said, hmm, like, guys, what do you, what's not here? Everybody give me 10 bucks. <laughs> I'm going to send off to St. Louis and like, we'll, you know, I'll buy the hardware, the products for a hardware store, and then we'll all have a hardware store. Right. And then all those people, because they gave you 10 bucks, are going to use your hardware store. That is like the core of what entrepreneurship is identifying a problem that's not served in your community, whether it's the queer community or a gaming community or a community in Web3 or people that love to go to shows. I think. You know, Brandon, Brandon's company identifies the fact that there is a real intersection between the fans of these artists and the desire to have a greater impact on the world. There's an audience for that. They aren't venture capitalists, though. Yeah. Right. 
I do have one question. Where I'm going to go down a little bit of the investor side here. So let's say I have $1,000 I want to invest in Brandon's company. And so I use the platform and I go in and I, I make that $1,000 investment. What happens after that? Like, how do I access the money if I need it? How do I tell whether or not it's grown? Anything like that? Either of you so, can answer this. I mean, we're, we're building the tools out to make that more intuitive. The reality of startup investing is that it is not a liquid investment, right? We say on our website that like, you know, treat this like a lottery ticket. You should invest in the things that you believe in. Don't expect to get, you know, a 2x return in, in two years or three years. This could go to zero or it could go to 100x. And it's based on, you know, like I said at the beginning, it's based on your judgment. In the future, like I was talking about the future state of this industry, right? Where more people know about it. In the future, I think we see regulation crowdfunding is like a pre-NASDAQ stock market, right? Where people are will be able to trade stakes in companies. That future is not today. There are secondary markets for private securities. It's hard to get a great return. You know, it's it's there's a lot of friction there. But today you are really, you know, you're voting with your money to see this business succeed. And you know, if you make a few, if you make 10 bets, you should spread out your risk. Or you should just invest in the thing that you really love. That's really the reality of it today. Now we have we host deals on WeFunder that are revenue share deals, right? And where you can share a percentage of revenue to offer a, you know, a mo more modest return over a shorter time span. Most of the deals that we do are equity investments. This is why angel investing was limited in the past, is because the assumption by the SEC was that you know you need to have a certain amount of capital to be able to safely invest in things that might not be liquid for a decade. But as a, someone who believes that everyone should have equal rights and that you know we should all have the same chances of earning a return in, in our economy, there are some controls around how much you can invest in regulation crowdfunding. But I just strongly believe that I can make a good, I can make that decision for myself. Right. We all should have the chance to lose it all or win it all, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so Brandon, why propeller? What's going on with Propeller that is enticing for us to think about it as a company to invest in? Well, I think a big part of Propeller is that we are reaching people that are otherwise not part of these movements already, but may care about the causes, but they're not the diehard activists that are out there seeking out all the different ways that they can support causes they care about. And, you know, their activism might be posting something in their Instagram story. And we're all about creating measurable impact and giving them these different tools and actions that they can take to actually support a cause and help build the movement and provide something meaningful to the organizations doing the work. And so I think that we serve an interesting role where because we're not, you know, one organization with one cause, we're kind of sit at the intersection of so many different causes and, and organizations that we care about. So, you know, when a Supreme Court decision happens or something's going on in the news, like Propeller often has partners doing work in response to that and the most meaningful actions that you can do to take action for them. And then we have the artists and influencers that can help amplify, here's the actions you can take right now to do something about the things that you care about. And in doing so, again, we're reaching all these people that were not part of the movement and bringing them into the fold with, with groups like Human Rights Campaign and Trevor Project and Planned Parenthood even, just all these organizations that are, are doing great work and 
want to reach new supporters and, and young people and diverse audiences. That's really what Propeller does through the culture that we are aligning ourselves with. And how are you connecting with the artists <clears throat> and the influencers and marrying them with the cause? Do they already come with a, hey, I'm passionate about this cause and here's my symbiotic relationship or how does that all kind of work together? Well, it happens in a number of different ways. So for example, we just worked with Lizzo on a campaign and she had a, a Juneteenth campaign and it was her idea. It was the organization she picked out. There were the prizes were hers. Top to bottom, it was her campaign. We just helped guide it and execute it. And it went, went very well. There's other times where an artist wants to do something. They have a tour. They want to have some sort of way they can give back. They have maybe some idea of what they would want to support. And then we can give them some suggestions and say, we work with these organizations or like, you know, this is something in response to what you're talking about. And we help kind of piece it all together for them. And so it, that's a bit of a matchmaking that we, we serve in, in those situations. But it, again, it's all across the board and how these things come to be and how involved or how not involved an artist might be in a, in a campaign as well. Our preference is, of course, always to make it as authentic as possible. And the more the artist is hands-on and you can, the fans can tell when it's something that they're truly behind versus something that is a little bit more of a, a PR move or something. We've seen instances where artists that are not the global superstars make as big or bigger of an impact than a global superstar just because it's authentic and they really put energy behind making their campaign succeed. And so we love working with the big artists that are up in, you know, arenas and all of that, but also with artists that might be playing to 250 people at a, at a small club, but really means what they're doing and, and wants to support a cause they care about. Nice. And what job would I have to have at Propeller so I can meet Lizzo and Justin Cooper? <laughs> well, you can also win it. So there's that as well. Right. Yeah. So I, I will say that's one of the things I, John and I, dug into Propeller and the things that we like is not only is this potentially a good investment if it's the right fit for you, but it's also an organization that I think a lot of queer folks would be interested in because of the social good that it does and our communities penchant for <laughs> for celebrity, right? So I think it's a it's a great opportunity. We're really excited to see what both of you are doing. And we're we appreciate both of you being here to share with us not only the investor side and what the platform does and what it looks like, and help answer the question from the unknown listener, <laughs> and then also from the example of what it what a company can do with a platform like this as a means of growing and creating social good. So we thank you both for being with us today. Yeah, we hope you'll visit. WeFunder and look at the deals, including Propeller on there. You know, there's lots of great companies trying to get funded for all types of things out there. We appreciate the opportunity to speak to you. I love what you guys are saying. It is, it's important that we engage in social issues, but also that we engage like and vote with our dollars in things we believe in. We can do that through donations. You can do that through investing in startups. I think the world is better when these lines start to get blurred. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and actually, before we bounce, would you mind both sharing where our listeners can follow you, connect with you, get on your email list, whatever? We'll start with, with Brandon first. Yeah, I mean, propeller.la is the website. Our Instagram and all that is propeller.la as well. Our WeFunder page is wefunder.com slash this is propeller. So you can find us in, in any of those places. 
Nice. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, I encourage everyone to go to wefunder.com and sign up and, you know, create an investor account. And when you create an investor account, you'll start getting emails about the new deals on the platform. We kind of try to help investors find deals that they like, whether that is, you'll tell us what you're interested in and we'll start sending you deals that we think are interesting. And if you're out there trying to raise money for a company, feel free to reach out to me. My email is read.ezell, R-E-A-D dot E-Z-E-L-L at wefunder.com. And I, you know, I spend all my day, all day long, every day talking to people like Brandon, trying to figure out how to help them. We see WeFunder as, you know, just another tool in the tool belt that a founder can use. You know, it's not an either or, it's a both and. We're all about helping people raise money as quickly and as best for them. And I'd love to talk to people about it. I'd say too, I'm going to throw out my email. It's just Brandon at propeller.la. So if you're, you can go to our WeFunder page, but if you have questions, feel free to just reach out. Happy to answer anything. I'm sure we'll get 100,000 emails. <laughs> <laughs> and you're folks, kind. just if you're curious, you can go to WeFunder and you actually can search for companies and founders and other investors who have self-identified as being LGBT or are a part of the community, right? So it gives you an opportunity to connect with other people just like you or support businesses that are a part of our community. Thank you again, gentlemen. We appreciate you being here. Thank, Thank you. you both. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you, Brandon and Reed, for joining us today and sharing the amazing work both your companies are doing. Thank you, our listeners, for listening to another episode of the podcast. Here's your criminy takeaway from this episode. We are big fans of diversifying our investing and helping small businesses such as Propellers with missions that align with ours. If you're looking to diversify your investing and you want to be someone's angel, consider crowdfunding. And if you want to support the great causes that Propeller is supporting and see some amazing shows, hello, Lizzo. Hello, Justin. Visit PropellerLA.com. Then join us next week when we talk about something. We're not quite sure what it is yet, but we'll be talking about something. Thanks again and have a great week.